Well, it's exciting. Uh, we are continuing on our series through our core values, uh, the Father Heart. Uh, this is actually the last Sunday that we're talking about intimacy. We talked about hearing God's voice, took a month to talk about intimacy with God, and then took a month to talk about intimacy with one another as friends. And so we're going to uh, finish that up, <clears throat> and then next week, next month, actually next week, we have a guest, a surprise guest minister, Ben and Sarah Jackson from uh, Toronto will be here, and you don't want to miss it, they're really an amazing young couple, they are uh, a couple of the leaders in the school of ministry, and so they've really influenced our church for many years in many ways because they've trained so many uh, of the leaders of our church and through the school of ministry they're in town so they'll be sharing and then we're going to spend um, the next quarter looking at uh, our value of restoration getting healed up uh, both physically spiritually emotionally but today i'm going to talk about being real actually because intimacy whether it's with god whether it's with others uh, it requires being real. All right? uh, uh, some people are, are, are good at being real. And sometimes it's, uh, they're good at being really offensive. <laughs> or really obnoxious. Or really selfish, right? Have you ever known somebody that's just that's like, man, they are consistent. <laughs> you know, God doesn't want us that way. God wants us to learn how to be, how to live really well and really ourselves. And so that's that's what we're going to be talking about because it's important that we understand uh, in order to have intimacy in any part of our lives, we need to learn how to to, to live. Real, okay, and 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 not put on uh, false fronts or uh, uh, hide aspects of us and think that that won't affect uh, the other parts of us. <clears throat> and one, uh, we're actually going to kind of bounce around Ephesians chapter five for most of this morning, most of this talk. But I think it's a powerful verse in verse one of chapter five. It says, "Therefore, be imitators of God." As beloved children. Wow. So the, the biblical command for Christians is to imitate God. To live like God. You know, and God doesn't have to pretend, does He? God just is who He is. Right? And if God shows up, He's going to reveal Himself who He is. And you're going to encounter a reality. In fact, you know, one of the definitions or ways some people use to describe God is ultimate reality. Amen. <laughs> when you encounter God, you're encountering ultimate reality. And God calls us to live like Him. Okay? To live real. The word imitate means to follow or to mimic. It's actually the Greek word that we get the word mimic from. So we're to follow God's example. And a big part of that is just how He's real. He, he communicates or he, 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 in every interaction God has with someone, He just is who He is. Right? And, and, and there's a, a genuineness. And in that, God's called us to live like Him. And so, in every aspect of our life, in every attribute of our lives, our goal is to be imitators of, of God. 
and I'm going to use the word uh, real as an acronym because I'm a preacher and preachers like to use acronyms. <laughs> All right. Uh, and I thought, well, I can't just go up there and say, hey, you guys got to live real. Quit pretending. Uh, I'm going to flesh that out or hopefully spirit it out a little bit <clears throat> and, and give you uh, an idea of what I mean by that or a biblical sense of, of well, what does living real mean? And some people you know, might say, well, that just means being, you know, open and flagrant with my, my errors or my weaknesses. And it, it's not living in denial of weaknesses, but the R, in the way that I see real, is actually righteousness. Okay? Uh, Jesus said in Matthew six thirty three, He says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So we're supposed to be imitators of God and, 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 and the priority of our lives is to seek after God's righteousness. Why? So, so that we can imitate it. Okay? So that we can live like Him. Right? And that's because that's what we're called to. That's who we really are. Be imitators of God like dear children. Right? That's what it said. Like dear children. Okay, so if we're children of God then that means living like our Father is living our genuine self. All right? It's living our DNA spiritually. Okay? It's, it's actually being who we were created to be. Because we're dear children, and so because we're dear children, we're to live like God. <clears throat> and to seek His righteousness. I like this next verse. It says, Bless, Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Wow! So Jesus is saying, <clears throat> uh, uh, the characteristic that should describe us is having a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Okay? Uh, I mean, does that describe us? And I, I think, not only should it, I think it does. I think that if you're here this morning, there's a reason. It's because something in you hungers for living righteous, living authentic, living as imitators of God. And you're here to learn more about that, to participate in worship, to come closer to God. And so there's a hunger and a thirst, and we need to nurture that. We need to actually stoke the hunger. You know what appetizers are for, technically? You go to a, to a restaurant, <clears throat> you're not supposed to fill up on the appetizers. Yeah, you take a little taste and it's supposed to stimulate hunger. All right, because it's like it whets your appetite, and it's like, oh, I want more. And that's the thing that there's a you can actually increase the amount of hunger and thirst. Uh, and we are called. Jesus said, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness." And the best description I have for the word righteous is uh, from a scholar that seems there, uh, a dictionary from the Greek says, "The state of him or her who is as he or she ought to be." Okay. In other words, it's just being who you were created to be. It's not being something different from what God intended you to be, who you were created to be. And so don't think of this as like, oh, this is, you just ought to do this and you ought to do that and you ought to do that. That's not what it is. It's being who you were created to be. It's who you ought to be. It's... It's what you desire. It's actually, you know, whatever desire you have, whatever uh, uh, um, uh, things that you're being drawn to, that's an expression of who you are. 
You know, an artist wants to be creative. There's something in them that just they, just, they need they need to do that. You know, uh, 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 you know, it's it's part of their nature. And so righteousness, if you think of it as being as I ought to be, being that person that God created me to be. And so it's not this idea, righteousness, and, and, and I, hope, I hope part of what I do this morning is, is change your understanding of that word righteous Amen. and righteousness. Because too often you hear the word righteousness and your brain kicks in a, a definition of unattainable perfection. Amen. Okay? And that's not what Jesus meant when we were to seek after righteousness or to hunger and thirst for righteousness. It, it's not this list, a checklist of everything that needs to do, we need to, to do in order to be accepted. It's actually living as the person you were created to be. And so it's being authentic. Okay? So instead of the word righteousness, you could actually use the word authenticity. Or authentic. You're being genuine. And that's what it means. And genuinely like God. Because you were created to be like Him. And Jesus died on the cross to enable you to live like Him. Righteous, pure, authentic, genuine, undefiled. That's powerful. He he did that so that you could live real. So the kingdom in Romans, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. And so here we see that the, what the kingdom is. He actually, uh, the, Paul and, and, and the Lord in, in the book of Romans de- defines what the kingdom of God is all about. And a lot of people talk, well, what's the kingdom of God? Is it this or that? Well, it's clearly described as it's, it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not about eating and drinking. And in the context, he was, he was, Paul was trying to help the Christians in, in Rome and the early church understand that it's not about a list of rules and regulations. All right? And often Christians try to replace the Old Testament laws with kind of like a New Testament set of laws. And if I can just live by all of these things, then I'll be okay. But if you look at this, and if you understand that righteousness is being the person that you were created to be, it's living authentically, it's being as a dear child, okay, as a dear child, as an imitator following your father's example, and uh, living in peace and in joy, that's really about relationship, okay? Uh, it's not about uh, checking things off a list. It's about living right. Okay, righteousness is living right, but p- primarily in right relationship. Yeah. You know how you live in uh, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit? You behave in a way that makes the Holy Spirit happy. Yes. <laughs> you know, if, if, I want, if I want there to be joy and peace in my home, I behave in a way that makes my wife happy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> 
And sometimes I'm good at it, and sometimes I'm not so good at it. All right? <laughs> I have to live in a way that communicates honor and respect. And that does affect the way I live. Because what's more important to me is the relationship. All right? And so I may choose to not do things that I may want to do and to do things that I might not necessarily do if it was just me for her sake. Because her sake, this relationship, is more important than those things that I would want to do or not want to do. Right? This is way more important. Well, it's the same with the Holy Spirit, folks. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. You realize, God says, the Holy Spirit lives within you. Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, so that the Holy Spirit can come down and dwell within your body. The Bible says that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, that God somehow, mystically, mysteriously, actually dwells in you in a unique, special way. And so we want to live in a way that makes the Holy Spirit happy. Because that's where we're happy. Because that relationship is what it's all about. And that produces peace and joy. Okay? So the kingdom of God is, is about relationship. It's about living right so that we be in right relationship. So that, and then peace and joy uh, communicates not only to the Holy Spirit, but then to everybody around us. That we're living in peace and in joy in every relationship. So we're in right relationship with God, right relationship with others. Uh, and the result is that we're acceptable and approved. Alright? That means, hey, we meet all of the, uh, uh, the requirements of the kingdom simply by living authentic, authentically, by living as an imitator of God, by, by pursuing... It doesn't mean that we're perfect in every way. But we're pursuing that righteousness. And we realize that's it. It's about that relationship. Does this make sense? Okay, and this opens up the door. If you embrace this, it kind of changes, redefines uh, uh, your whole view of Christianity and the pursuit, what we're going after. And then the other, so R actually, it's a, I'm stuttering. This acronym has a, a, we're rolling the R's. Real. It's real. Okay, because the first one is righteousness. And the second one is reflecting <coughs> integrity. <laughs> I can roll my R's. Because <laughs> I got saved in Hispanic house. Anyway, uh, Titus 2.7 says, And you yourself must be an example to them. This is Paul writing to his, his uh, Titus, a young man who mentored uh, and became a pastor. says, You must uh, be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. And so he's saying, listen, your behavior, in fact, everything you do, your whole lifestyle needs to reflect integrity. And integrity means moral values. Okay, we are to live morally. Uh, things like honest and fair and all that. But it also means unimpaired condition. In other words, we're not impaired by issues or substances that prevent us from reflecting integrity. All right? And it means complete. It means whole. 
And that's what I like, the, the, uh, the aspect of being whole. And the idea of integrity is being the same on the inside as the outside. That there's consistency throughout. And so what's on the inside is openly displayed outwardly, and what's on the outward is consistent with what's on the inside. And please think about this for a minute. You know, if a, if a, if a, if a, a slab of concrete has, uh, has integrity, that means the density of the concrete is, is consistent throughout, and so the strength of it is solid. It's going to hold up. But uh, if they build something, uh, and you read stories about this from time to time, um, they'll build something and they'll realize there was a skyscraper being built a few years ago. I remember reading an article that they found out that uh, while they were pouring the big things that hold the whole building up together, (laughs) I don't know what all the words are, that they had mixed the concrete wrong. And so a whole section literally just had to be torn out and then rebuilt because... Even though it was standing perfectly at the time, they knew that it wouldn't last. That at any moment it could fracture when the, when the, when when the pressure came on, uh, or if a metal has uh, 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 some other substance is not full of integrity, when when, it, when the time comes, it'll break. It will under stress, and so. Integrity in a person is that, you know, what, what's on the inside is consistent with what you see. When you see me, I tell people, you know, what you see is what you get. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm working on it. But this is it, baby. Alright? <laughs> For better or worse. Um, Alright, being real is about living righteous and reflecting integrity. Okay, the next uh, aspect of that word or the next letter is E, and that is expose. And I realize that that word is probably not a real happy word. <laughs> it sounds like, oh, I don't want to be exposed. But let me, again, kind of change your uh, understanding of, of, of this idea of being exposed. And this really is the clue to how you live righteous and how you live with integrity. It's a huge clue. Please listen. It's so important. Ephesians 5, again, a little bit further down in the chapter, 8 through 10. uh, uh, God says, You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Let's just think about that for a minute. You were once darkness. God chose to describe you as dark. You were darkness. Alright? But, now, you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what is pleasing to the Lord. And then a few verses down, it says, Everything exposed by the light becomes visible for it uh, is light that makes everything visible and so this idea of living as children of the light like the verse that this chapter opened up with be imitators of God as dear children 
So all of this has to do with living out our identity as sons and daughters of the Most High. And we're allowed to do that because we've come into relationship with the Father through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. When we do that, there's a transformation that happens where we become... Once darkness, we are transformed into children of light. And we're to live, just we're to live out the nature, the identity of who we really are. And Colossians talking on the same theme, it says this it says, For he, Jesus, rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. We were darkness. Jesus rescued us and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Salvation is about being transformed from darkness into light. Man, you know what? Every movie, not every movie, uh, but so many of the movies, just about all of the movies, all the movies I go to see, which are superhero movies, because <laughs> I don't like any of the other ones. <laughs> uh, you know, it's all this, the constant theme of the story throughout time, really, is about... A rescuer. How many, how many uh, uh, messianic uh, figures are there in even secular, even atheist literature? There's constantly this theme of, of a rescuer. Well, listen, it's Jesus. The reason that's a theme of all human humanity, regardless of culture or time, is it's because this is the condition we find ourselves in as a race of people. We need a rescuer, not only as a whole, but individually, as a person. I need a rescuer. Okay? Every day I need a rescuer, but certainly, initially, I needed, I was completely sold under sin and dark. My desires were dark. My actions were dark. I didn't even know. I was, I was lost in darkness, and I was dark. But Jesus came and transferred us. Another, uh, another way it's put is actually translated us. Transformed us. It's like the... The uh, what's the thing on the Star Trek? The transported us, energized from one place to another, from one kingdom to another. Right? How Jesus Christ did that? Jesus Christ did that. And by coming into relationship with Him, it changes us so that we're no longer dark, but we're now light. And then we live. All of this being real is hey. Live real to that nature. Live real to who you really are now. Live real to what happened when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Live real to that. Okay? And that's being authentic. That's entering. That's, that's, that's living in the kingdoms. Living kingdom lives. And it's by that, by doing that, that then you open up the opportunity for real intimacy. You know, the, the opposite of having of intimacy is really isolation. Good. When people, there's a, there's a psalm, uh, not a psalm, a proverb, I think it's Proverbs 18, one says, uh, a, a man who isolates himself rages against all wisdom. Mm-hmm. Rages. There's, a, there's an anger. There's a defiance. Uh, there's a, really, a defiance is the wrong word. There's an anger. Against all wisdom, when someone isolates themselves, and often it's out of hurt, 
And so it's, as a re- reaction to hurt, you isolate yourself. But when you isolate yourself, you're raging. You're at war with wisdom. Mm-hmm. All right? And the opposite of isolation is intimacy. Will you allow others into your life and you allow yourself to be in other people's lives? Will you allow God into your life? This is salvation, right? God, I accept you into my heart. You know, We're accepting God. We're, we're, we're asking to be intimate. And, and ultimately, we receive His invitation of being accepted into Him. So living as children of light means that we live exposed, like God, again, imitating His character, and that we're, we're shining, okay? Exposed and not like... Not in the sense of, oh, you know, just secrets being revealed, but in the sense of, ta-da! You know, this is who I am! This is me! Yeah! Oops, oops, sorry about that. Yeah! <laughs> you know, it's living open, living, uh, <clears throat> uh, again, not in a, in a tabloid manner uh, like we see in the, in the grocery stores, but living by walking in the light. All right? Our lifestyle is, not, is no longer in darkness. We were no, we're no longer creatures of darkness, doing things in darkness because we know, uh, because we're afraid, because we're uh, ashamed, because we're ruled by uh, dark desires. But now we're, we're in the light and we live as children in the light. So living exposed. Uh, and how do we do that? Well, what, what do I really mean? How does this happen? James tells us, James 5.16, it says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Um, <clears throat> like uh, in the message, make this your common practice. Common practice. I do this all the time. Is what the Bible's saying. You need to do this all the time. Confess your sins to each other. How many like doing that? Nobody. Nobody likes doing that. It's not fun to say I'm wrong. I was wrong. I've done this. I got to tell you something. There's something going on in my life that isn't healthy. Confessing your sins to each other and then praying for each other so that you can live together whole and heal. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful and to be reckoned with. You know, a lot of people quote the end of that verse. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. You know, if you want something from God, you know, you, you quote that part. But it's easy to forget that that part comes after confessing your trespasses to one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one thing to say, "Oh God, I'm so sorry. I did this or I did that. I was angry, God. I, you know, I coveted or whatever." There's another thing to say, "Honey, I got to confess something. You know, I did this, I did that. You know, please forgive me. Now let's pray about it." Boom! That's the prayer that's effective, that avails much, because it's done in the. In, uh, in authenticity it's done in, re- in an intimacy you, you drop the barriers and you allow uh, someone else to be in your life or, or if you're the person hearing the confession you allow to be in their life alright living exposed is developing a lifestyle where you bring to light anything that you find lurking inside any, any remnant of the dark life and simply doing that often is the power 
to break free from it. It's just amazing. I've, the testimonies I've heard of people just bringing something to the light and all of a sudden the compulsion that was associated with that behavior is gone. Uh, just simply because you talk about it. So being real in this way enables us to be authentic. enables us to live the way we are, were made to live. The next uh, letter in the acronym is accountable. <coughs> which is connected, but it's, it's a little different. This is Ephesians 5, 15. Uh, uh, again, in the same chapter, it says, Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Submit, a little bit further down, it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. To submit means to arrange yourself under, to yield and to uphold. And if you've, done, if you've been to one of my weddings, you'll, you'll recognize this phrase. You know, <clears throat> I, I'm not holding this platform down, right? It's holding me up. And that's an illustration of submission, okay? Not that I'm holding it down, but actually I'm depending on the platform to hold me up. And that's what submission is. When we submit to one another, we uh, position ourselves in relationships to hold one another up and to be held up. It's also a military figure um, for being lined up, being arranged under the authority of a military uh, commander. And so a general, for example, without his troops, would be powerless. A figurehead if there wasn't actual submission. And so, submission, living in an accountability, a relationship of accountability, where you really allow people to speak into your lives and you allow to speak into other people's lives. You, you, you give time and energy to hear other people out. It positions us for victory. Okay, It positions us to, to extend the kingdom of God. And this passage, a lot of people like to pull out a passage of, of the application of submission in marriage or in children. But this clearly says that we're to submit to one another. Our general state, how we interact with one another, is to be having to be submissive, regardless of the relationship. Does that make sense? <clears throat> it changes you. All right. In Philippians, it says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than uh, himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And so the idea of submitting is that uh, we value others as much as we value ourselves, or actually more, we esteem others more than ourselves. Okay? And we look out for other people's interests. And that that is Christ-like behavior. You want to live like Christ? Value other people as much as you value yourself. Look out for their interests. Be invested in them. Being real means living with real accountability. That you're truly submitted and you really allow people to speak into your lives and you're there for others when they have issues. It means, you know, sometimes when we think, oh, uh, 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 being there for others, we just think of it in terms of, oh, if someone needs financial help or if they need help moving. A big part of it is you need to be available when other people are dealing with issues. That's right. Like depression or... uh, 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 what other issues? 
Nothing comes to mind. Anger. Loneliness. Disappointment. Fear. You know, all the stuff of life. Or joy. Sometimes, you know, sometimes people get all excited about something you don't want to hear because you're not so joyful. <laughs> you know? yeah, be happy. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. The final one is love. <clears throat> Real. Is living in love. Therefore, and this goes back to the first verse uh, where we started. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and given Himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice uh, oops, to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And then this in the message, <clears throat> listen, five times the word love is used in these, uh, just these two verses. It says, watch what God does and then you do it. Like children who learn behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love you. Wow! Keep company with Him and learn a life of love. That's intimacy expressed. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of Himself to us. Love, the Bible says, love like that. So being real is, is learning how to love extravagant. Learning how to love not cautiously. Learning how to follow Christ's example. And, and, and living in love. I like the term in love. Because we, we associate that with you know, infatuation. But you know what? How about if we just live constantly infatuated with God? Do you think that would affect how you, how you relate? People that are in love, they're always happy. You know, they're just around. Well, if we're that way in our relationship with God, it's going to affect every relationship that we have. So being real is righteous. Are you right with God? Are you right with others? Exposed. Are you living in the light? Accountable. Are you submitted in, a, in, in esteeming others? And walking in love. Is love both the motivation and your goal? I'm going to have Anthony come up and lead us in the closing prayer. Thanks. Well, the first thing I thought of, who's seen Despicable Me too? All right, the sequence where he realizes he's in love, and that's when that happy song plays. Come on, love, happiness, it totally works. All right, sorry, I like it. All right, Pastor mentioned uh, Colossians 1, 13, which says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. I felt that for real. Do we have some people who have felt that happen for real? It's pretty awesome. And if you haven't, then now is the best time to do that. And if you read earlier in this chapter, we get to hear some things that happen to you when you're rescued. It talks about how being given strength, being given knowledge, being given endurance, being given patience, joyful thanks. Good things. Good things. And if today is the day that you decide, you know what, I'm going to take Jesus seriously, sign me up. You know, then I invite you to come up to the prayer team afterwards. And this is the best time to do that because it's right now. Amen. And I just also wanted to say, the Lord really put on my heart about being accountable and being exposed. I've had some times when I've needed to expose something, when I've needed to be accountable, and I've had to talk to some people, and I thought, 
if I let this out, they're done with me now. Like, I was starting to get some respect, you know. I'm starting to look at me with a little bit of favor. But if I let this out, I'm done. That has never happened. Never. No matter what I sell, no matter what I say, it's always received well, you know. And I go to the people that I consider leaders, you know. I go to, the, I've gone to the Gerbers, and I've gone to Pastor Cameron, and it's amazing. I don't leave feeling like I have no more respect in their eyes, you know. But I feel a lot better. And when somebody has been courageous enough to talk to me and to confess something, or to call me even in the heat of the moment when they're struggling with something, you know what happens to my view of them? It doesn't go down. Way up. And I think this is a person of integrity that I can trust more, not less. So I just want to just bow our heads right now. and Lord God, we are willing to be courageously exposed and courageously accountable, God. We want the righteousness. We want to be who we were meant to be, and we're willing to get rid of anything that stands in the way of that. We want that joy, God. We want that peace. We want that strength that you talk about. For when you rescue us into the kingdom of light, God, we want it. And we let go of anything that would stand in the way of that. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to do that, or if you want to accept the Lord as your Savior today, prayer team right here. We have some phenomenal prayers up there. One of them is my mom. Hi, Mom. And we also have prophetic ministry right over here. And these people are trained to hear what the Lord might be saying to you in a totally non-creepy way. And if you've never done that, I encourage you to come on over, and they're pretty great too. And you are dismissed. Please go get your children and enjoy some snacks.
Turn 